How is it going, Bears fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Down Podcast, where we talk everything Bears every day of the week. Today, we are back jumping into our Week 4 coverage, taking a look at the Bears' opponents, the NFC North rivals, the Detroit Lions. Today, we're going to be sharing our thoughts on the Lions, talking about what the Bears have to do to point the arrow up after a disastrous performance in Week 3, a 26-6 loss against the Cleveland Browns. We're going to be getting into all of that today, so be sure to stay tuned. Before we get into this one, I would like to say we took yesterday off, man. We slacked. Um, I think it's understandably so. Uh, that was outright terrible. I'm sure we're going to be talking about that game uh, as the week continues, but with how emotional and how just bad that was yesterday, we need to take a day off, but we're back with our week four coverage now. We're posting videos each and every day of the week. I'm sure if you guys are listening on YouTube, you saw Zach Rimbos, our video producer, posted a little hype tape last week. He's going to be getting back doing those things. So we're going to be posting content everywhere, every day of the week. We want to do that. That's how we differentiate ourselves. Um, we want to give you the guys the most comprehensive Bears coverage on the web. So if you haven't already, wherever you may be listening right now, drop a like, subscribe, follow, and we're going to keep bringing you guys Bears versus Lions content all week. Even as tough as it is coming off of a weekend that we just had. I am your host, Chris Malpe, today to talk about the Detroit Lions. I'm joined with my co-host, Parth Shaw. Parth, we've talked about the Lions a lot throughout the last couple of years. The Bears have had a lot of success against the Lions the last couple of years. How are you going and how are you doing? And how are you feeling going into this week? Um, I'm pretty I'm doing pretty well. Um, you know, yesterday sucked, obviously, not being able to move the ball at all. You know, there's a lot of things about that game. We didn't talk about it. For, we didn't it. talk about there's it for a reason. <laughs> we didn't exactly. talk about it for there's a reason. reason why we didn't want to record. Um, you know, it was just too many negatives, not many positives besides Robert Quinn looking good. But, you know, other than that, I'm not too excited heading into this weekend. The Detroit team, you know, surprisingly played pretty well against the Ravens this weekend. Uh, we'll get into the matchups and stuff like that as, as this episode and the week goes on. But, yeah, um, definitely a little bit upset. Uh, things need to change in Chicago and need to change fast. Yeah, uh, the offense is going to need to change. Justin Fields with a hand injury. Uh, Andy Dalton still week to week. Matt Nagy didn't rule out starting Nick Foles this week. Pretty confident it's going to be Fields again if he's good to go, which he says he's good to go. So yeah. uh, we're looking forward to another week of that, obviously looking to bounce back for him after one of the worst rookie debuts you could have possibly asked for. But before we get into this episode, talking about the Detroit Lions, let's get into this message from our sponsors over at MyBookie. Guys, we wouldn't recommend a service to you that hasn't been good to us here at the show. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, and they pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business for you. And for the fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So if you'd like to bet tonight on the Cowboys and the Eagles, should be a very good one. You can bet on a lot of players in that one. C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Devontae Smith, all of them. You can get your first deposit up to $1,000 matched by using our promo code BD to activate the offer. Once again, you can double your first deposit. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BD when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, and get paid today with MyBookie. Thank you so much for sponsoring once again. The link is at the top of the description, and let's get right into the podcast. 
All right, Parth, uh, i got to be honest with you, man. Not much motivation to record today or even talk about the Bears coming off that loss. But we've got to trudge forward. We've got a lot of work to do. And once again, another game coming off of a loss that's going to be imperative for the Bears to win. So let's start it off here by taking a look at the offense of the Detroit Lions. A lot of a different look for them, obviously, up front there. They've got Jared Goff. They, acclaim, they claimed him in the trade with the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, they are on fire right now with Matthew Stafford. Uh, that week one loss isn't looking too bad after the Rams moved to 3-0 with a win over the Bucs. At running back, they've got DeAndre Swift entering his second year. He's an elusive back who's great out of the backfield, not only as a running back who's very patient, but also as a wide receiver, uh, a receiving back. They also brought in Jamal Williams from Green Bay last offseason. At wide receiver, they lost both Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay to opposing teams. They've got Quintez Cephas, who has stepped up pretty well so far to start the season. The rookie, Amon Ross St. Brown, as well as Khalif Raymond. At tight end, they've got one of the best in the league, man. TJ Hawkinson has been absolutely balling out. Darren Fells also there with some pretty good depth. Looking at who they've got on the offensive line, it's definitely improved. Panay Sewell, obviously the high pick there uh, in the first round this year. They got they brought in Jonah Jackson. Frank Ragnow still there. Halapoluitav, I don't even know, Vitae, that guy. Uh, he's there at right guard for them. They paid him last year. He didn't play against the Bears, I know, especially in the week one matchup. But he's been pretty solid for them as well as Matt Nelson rounding it out there at right tackle. So, Parth, the Lions have started off uh, 0-3 on the season. You know, we haven't seen the greatest play from them. They got blown out by the 49ers, came back in that one, but didn't look great throughout the game. We saw them go and get killed in Green Bay, but put together a pretty good first half. And it, if it weren't for an NFL record 66-yard field goal that doinked off the crossbar and went in yesterday against the Baltimore Ravens, they would have the same record as us. So these Lions have looked Pretty solid throughout three weeks for a team that's 0-3, uh, but also definitely uh, a big opportunity for the Bears to win in this one. So taking a look at Detroit's offense and analyzing how Jared Goff has played so far, what do you think about what they've been able to achieve as a unit? I feel like they've used DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson really well. Um, they're two most dynamic players on that offense. Uh, they've run the offense through them. DeAndre Swift is getting almost five to six catches a game uh, with almost 15 to 20 carries. Uh, he's been... Huge in fantasy, uh, especially to think and for running back, he's number three. And then TJ Hawkinson uh, has, has had a couple of big games. Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, Jared Goff likes targeting his tight ends a lot. Uh, we saw that in LA with Tyler Higby, um, and now here in T near now here at Detroit with TJ Hawkinson. Uh, those two have a good connection so far. Um, definitely did not see them playing that well yesterday, and they did. Uh, they were able to stay close against the Baltimore Ravens, something I did not expect. And they barely won that game by the, I guess, doink field goal, you could say, or like the bounce field goal. Um, but this Lions offense is pretty dynamic. It's definitely a lot better than this Bears offense. Uh, Jared Goff, uh, someone who's had some success against the Bears recently. Um, he had that one bad game to start off his career against the Bears. Yeah, we all remember that game where he had four interceptions. Trubisky had three interceptions. But ever since that game, uh, he's been able to beat the Bears. Um, I know he was on the Rams, um, but he's on the Lions now. So it's a change of story there. But on the wide receiver side of the ball, if you look at them, uh, Quintus Cephas is their best wide receiver. Uh, their wide receiver group reminds me of the 2017 Bears wide receiver group when uh, Joshua Bellamy and was like our wide receiver one, basically. So, I mean, it just shows how low they are at wide receiver one. Um, they definitely need some pieces there, but 
The Bears definitely defense definitely has some chances to exploit this offense. Uh, they're pretty one dimensional, so you can definitely get to them. Yeah, uh, taking a look at this Lions offense, I mean, they've had a pretty darn good output for the talent they yeah. have around Jared Goff on offense, not to mention Jared Goff just in general hasn't been the most consistent quarterback uh, throughout the last couple of years in the NFL, but he's had a pretty good start, 86 for 123, 801 passing yards. He's got five touchdowns and only two interceptions. DeAndre Swift, it's been a little bit of a slower start for him on the ground, 33 carries, 123 yards, and a touchdown. And then Hawkinson, man, he's been a beast. It's going to be a tough go for, you know, we'll see if Deshaun Gibson's back, but guys like Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson, possibly Deion Bush covering Hawkinson. He's had 18 receptions, 173 yards and two touchdowns. I believe only one reception for 20 yards or one reception for 10 yards or 20 yards uh, in the week three loss against the Ravens. But up until then, he'd been about a top five uh, tight end in, in all of football. So, um, you know, I, I think this Lions offense has been pretty successful. Uh, we saw him lead the Packers on that Monday Night Football game in Week 2, 17-14 at half. So they can definitely move the ball down the field. They've gotten Jared Goff into a rhythm. Uh, at least in the first two games, he was pretty successful against the 49ers too, uh, albeit a lot of it being in garbage time. But, you know, this Lions offense has been able to get a decent bit done, and Parth, you hit it on the head. Definitely playing better than the Bears offense so far, just taking a look at what they've been able to get done statistically. So, um, you know what? It's going to be another tough task for the Bears defense. I think it'll be a little bit easier than the Cincinnati Bengals just because uh, Jared Goff doesn't have all those weapons that Joe Burrow did. But then again, you know, I, I don't know if Jared Goff's going to throw three consecutive interceptions on three consecutive plays. I think the Bears uh, defense in week three started off really well. Uh, and we're pretty good through the first half, and they were just on the field so much uh, that the unit declined as we went further into that game against the Browns. So overall, I was actually pretty fine with how the Bears' defense played in Week 3, uh, only holding them to 26 points. Uh, if the offense could have done a lick of anything, maybe we could have been in that game. Uh, but Justin Fields was sacked nine times. The offensive line was terrible, and the receivers couldn't get a yard of separation. So kudos to the Browns' defense, I guess. Um, but overall, I do think the Bears... Uh, defensively have a, a a pretty favorable matchup in this one against the Lions. I uh, think Jalen Johnson will be able to shut down Cephas. He did a decent job with Odell Beckham Jr., uh, yeah. who's obviously one of the better receivers in the league. Let's move on to the Lions' defense. They run a base 3-4 defense there under Dan Campbell, the new head coach. <clears throat> some familiar names and also some new names uh, that we haven't heard from from a while. But, you know, right off the bat, they brought in this offseason – one of the better run stuffers in the league in Michael Brockers. They've got Nick Williams there starting at defensive end, uh, a former Bear who has really found his place in the league. I'm really happy for him. They've got Trey Flowers. He was scratched from the lineup against the Ravens. We'll see if he can return against Chicago. Uh, taking a look at the rest of their linebackers, Julian Okora, Alex Anzalone, uh, as well as Derek Barnes and Romeo Okora, obviously. Uh, taking a look at their secondary, I mean, it's been a tough year for Detroit secondary. They've allowed a lot of passing yards. Jeff Okuda on IR with a torn ACL. Tracy Walker and Bobby Price are still there. Parth, I'm going to pass it over to you. We've seen teams offensively up until Baltimore last week have a lot of offensive success against this Detroit Lions defense. Now, coming in off of a week like the Bears had, you'd have to assume that if Justin Fields can get back out there and the Bears – can do a lick of anything on offense that they'll be able to find somewhat of a success and get the arrow pointing upwards. But what do you think about this Detroit defense? This Detroit defense definitely is the weakest. I mean, it's, I think, weaker than their offense. Um, I think there are some holes in this defense. Like you said, losing Jeff Okuda 
definitely hurts this defense. Uh, he was their top corner coming to the season, their, their third overall pick from last year, and he was supposed to have a big year. Uh, and it sucks that they lost him. Because of that, they're kind of, uh, I guess, lacking on the secondary side of the ball especially. I feel like the Bears can use our wide receivers to create some space, um, hopefully against this weak secondary who hasn't, hasn't, who hasn't had much experience together. Uh, and then this def- defensive lineman is surprisingly playing really well. Uh, like you said, Nick Williams is on the team, an ex-Bear. I think he had six or seven sacks before he got signed by the Lions the year before uh, when he was on the Bears. And it's great to see him finally find a starting role in the NFL. I feel like a lot of Bears rotational pieces, especially at the D-line position, can find starting jobs in the NFL. Um, they're all very talented players. Um, but... Yeah, this Lions defense definitely has allowed a lot of first downs, um, especially in the first two weeks. You saw them struggle against the Niners offense and the Green Bay offense. Uh, Devon, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, was it, who had four touchdowns, or is it three touchdowns, I think, week two. So I'd like to see Montgomery get the ball a lot in this game. I think the Lions definitely will have a tougher time stopping the run, if, especially if the offensive line can get some penetration on this Lions defensive line. Um, but yeah, uh, like they played well this week. I didn't expect them to go toe to toe with Lamar Jackson. They were able to contain him uh, to 19 points. There were a lot of drop balls by Marquise Brown, I believe it was in the red zone in the end zone, which could have changed the score for the Ravens. But that being said, that defense did held up last week against a high-powered Baltimore Ravens offense. So that's something you definitely got to watch out for. Yeah, uh, you know, I do believe that David Montgomery will be able to get it going in this one, and it's going to be incredibly important that the Bears get the play-action pass going in this one. They Mm -hmm. didn't roll Justin Fields out of the pocket much or do anything in Week 3. Miles Garrett said after the game that he was surprised that they used Fields the way that they did um, and not the way that he should have been used. But looking at this Detroit defense, they've allowed 401.3 yards per game and over 30 points per game allowed to opposing teams. They've allowed 31.7 points per game, 287 yards through the air, almost 115 on the ground. So um, I do believe the Bears will be able to get the run game going in this one. We saw Aaron Rodgers open up the deep passing game in week two against them. We saw Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance even threw a touchdown against them and had some success against them in week one in a game where I believe the 49ers uh, put up a total of 41 points before things went downhill for them. So overall, this Lions defense has definitely been suspect. I think the Bears will be able to find more success against them. It's going to be big, uh, whether Trey Flowers plays or not, because he's definitely a dominant force up front. Jamie Collins is, I believe, inactive, uh, has been a healthy scratch. He wants to get traded, and Dan Campbell says they're working on trading him. So as long as he continues to not play, which I believe is how it's going to go, uh, that's big as well because he's someone who has caused the Bears some troubles in the past. Uh, but Trey Flowers is going to be an interesting one because he's definitely someone who could stop the run uh, and also put some pressure on someone like Justin Fields, assuming he's starting this week. But this Lions defense is suspect. I believe it'll be a bounce-back week for the Bears offensively, and they're going to need that if they want to win this game and get to 2-2 two and two because things could get real ugly otherwise. Parth, before we close this off, let's talk a little bit about the Bears. Uh, obviously, we didn't talk about the Week 3 game. We don't want to talk about the Week yep. 3 game. I try not to revert back to it as much as possible. I kind of just want to move on and hope that things will get better than that. That will be the lowest point of the season, and it won't get worse than that. But what do you think the Bears have to do? Uh, I guess the only place we can really talk about is offensively uh, to get this arrow pointing mm-hmm. up in Week 4 against the Lions defense. That is a little suspect, I guess I would say. Yeah. 
Um, if Justin Fields is quarterback, I want to see him moving around a little bit more. Uh, I think the Bears dropped back with Fields 30 times, play action maybe two to four times. Uh, he rolled out twice. He had two QB design runs. Um, if I'm Matt Nagy, that's not how you set up Justin Fields. Uh, if you watched him at college at, at all, um, you know he likes to run around in the pocket. He, you know he likes to improvise. You know he likes to throw the ball short and you know let his receivers create some room for him. You got to make it easy for this quarterback. It's it's his it was his first start and it was not easy. Uh the the game plan was basically drop back and hope your receivers can create some separation which none of them were able to and this offensive line couldn't even protect for more than 2 seconds. Jason Peters and uh Jermaine Fed were just standing there there it felt like um looking so, like swinging doors. You know, <laughs> exactly. So, like, if you want this Bears offense to have any success, you got to get the easy completions. Uh, get the guys, get get the speedy guys in space. We signed guys like Demir Bird, Marquise Goodwin. We have Darnell Mooney on this roster. Why haven't we ran a screenplay? I mean, I felt like before while it, when Trubisky was on the roster, I was begging to stop running screenplays. But with Fields, I feel like he's a rookie quarterback. You got to you got to adjust him into the game. Uh, and the way the Bears handled that was very poor you can't just run the ball on every first down the defense will know that they will predict that um the browns defense basically stacked the box and just pass rushed the whole entire game and they got to fields nine times and that can't happen again that's unacceptable if you're an offense lineman in the nfl and that that's your group uh there's some changes that need to be done and, you know, I'm going to say Matt Nagy needs to give up his play calling. Um, I'd love to see Bill Lazor call some plays. I thought when Bill Lazor and Mitch Trubisky went at it together last year at the end of the year, there was a lot of play action involved, a lot of misdirection, a lot of things just to help out the young quarterback. And I think that's what we need right now because Justin Fields definitely isn't ready to drop back 35 times a game. He's not that type of quarterback. Yeah, and as much as Fields struggled in the Week 3 loss um... – I mean, I don't think any quarterback could have been in a worse position. Uh, no, the worst play calling was down in the league yesterday uh, was by the Bears. Some of the worst offensive line play. I mean, the dude was sacked nine times. His receivers couldn't get a lick of separation. Um, overall, it doesn't seem like he can get much worse this week. Fields was sacked nine times, four and a half times by Miles Garrett, which was a Cleveland Browns franchise record for most sacks in a game. Uh, he had under eight-tenths of a second on average to throw every time he tried to throw the ball. I feel like by the time I blink twice, it'll be on, it'll be over a second. Um, so what really do you expect from him? The Bears couldn't get the run game going at all. Um, you know, I, I think what you have to do if you want to get the arrow pointing up this week, you have to be able to protect better. Uh, the Bears yeah. were in five-man protection for a majority of that game. I believe it was only three plays where the Bears were in seven-man or more, uh, I think, seven-man protection. Only three plays, they were in seven-man protection. You've got to get Fields rolling outside of the pocket uh, more constantly. He's someone who draws attention from the defense just because of his legs. We even saw how fast he was last weekend on some design runs, uh, and he was able to pick up a couple of yards. That was one of the only positives offensively from that Week 3 loss. Uh, we saw him. He, he was able to get outside. If we can get him outside the pocket, uh, and he can extend plays like someone like Russell Wilson does, like someone like a Kyler Murray does, like someone like a Lamar Jackson does. Um, 
that's where the Bears are going to find their success. I believe offensively the receivers will be able to get better separation this week. Kudos to guys like Greg Newsome, Denzel Ward, Ronnie Johnson, uh, and John Johnson for really clamping up because uh, the Bears receivers did themselves absolutely no justice uh, when it came to their performance in Week 3. Uh, but you got to get fields rolling outside the pocket. Uh, the Bears became one-dimensional so early in the Week 3 loss that um, – it didn't even matter in the second half. They had to throw the ball if they wanted to have any success, and Fields couldn't even do that considering he had under a second to release the ball on average every play. So you have to protect him better. You have to try and get the run game going. I, I, I seriously do trust that the receivers will be able to get open in this week. Uh, we've seen Allen Robinson have some huge games against the Lions in the past, and he hasn't been able to get going at all this season. So that's going to be really big as well. Uh, and defensively, I mean, we haven't touched on the defense yet, but the defense just has to keep doing their thing. Uh, I wasn't that pissed off about the defensive por- performance a couple days ago. They were on, or yesterday, excuse me, they were on the field so much during that game um, and played pretty well to start the game. The first half, I think they played a really good half. Uh, Baker Mayfield was struggling, missing a lot of his receivers. Robert Quinn has four sacks on the season and probably should be credited for more. What a year it's been for him so far. Khalil Mack went down with an injury, but he was able to force some pressures, get a sack in there. The Bears did a pretty good job at shutting down the run, at least in the first half before Kareem Hunt gashed them. So defensively, just slow down DeAndre Swift, make golf, throw the ball, um, continue to put pressure on him. And I think the Bears will be able to hold the Lions to a lower point total in this one. But that's pretty much it for me, and that is pretty much it for us. Thank you guys for tuning in to our Week 4 installment of Meet the Opponents. If you're listening in on YouTube, drop down in the comments. Let us know what you think about the Detroit Lions. And if you haven't already, drop a like and subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, do us a favor, drop a follow. We want to bring you guys the most comprehensive Bears coverage on the web. If you'd like, if you want more content from us, head to our website, beardown.com. It is the third link in the description. You can see columns, articles, and blogs getting you guys ready for the Bears' week four matchup with the Detroit Lions. Definitely an imperative one to get them to move to four and four. If you'd like to find the podcast on social media, we're doing a Justin Fields giveaway here in the month of October. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Baird Down. And finally, you can find the links to all of our personal social media pages down in the description, our Instagram and Twitter pages, myself as well as Parth and the rest of everyone that works with us. You can see our thoughts on all things Bears, all things NFL, and the entirety of Chicago sports. And it's just another great way to interact with us. So please be sure to go check us out on social media. Parshaw, that day off was definitely needed, and it was hard sitting down here hopping on the mic today, but glad we were able to get this done um, after thinking about it and kind of getting, getting out of the whole overreaction Monday mode. I still do like the Bears' chances in this one. Uh, obviously, our picks won't come for a couple more days, but any last words before we sign off here? Yeah, no, uh, it definitely was hard to come out here today, too. I felt like, um, I don't know, it was just a lot of uncertainty behind this team, a lot of negative feelings, I guess. It's just hard to explain it, especially when you just care so much about the Bears. Um, and yesterday, what we saw in the field was something that you know, no Bears fans should ever see again. And I feel like any football fan should never see that ever happen again. The Bears literally ended the game with one passing yard. The same amount of passing one yards. One net passing yard. Yesterday. One net passing yard. 68 total yeah. passing yards. <laughs> yeah. That's what I meant. But, I mean, that just shows that how bad this offense was. And, you know, there was a time, I think, was it with two years ago or last year against the Eagles? I remember when we had one yard at halftime and the team was freaking out. And we just ended a whole game with one net passing yard. So, 
it, it just keeps getting worse somehow. And I didn't think that would ever happen. Um, you know, I thought we already hit the road of the worst offense and it just keeps plateau, going yeah. down and down. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you uh, for my final word. Uh, I guess I just got to say that I don't think you get much worse than that. Uh, as I've continued to grow and mature, I obviously pay more attention to these Bears games and analyze them and break them down more. But that's one of the most gutting losses I've ever seen, yeah. uh, at least as a young adult. So that absolutely sucked, and I, I really don't think it can get much worse than that. So let's hope, uh, as I've said a couple times throughout the episode, that we can get the arrow pointing up in week four and hopefully get back to 500 at 2-2 two and because two, a loss would be bad in this one, especially for where we stand in the division as well as the conference in the NFC. So, guys, it's been a pleasure to be your host. Once again, my name is Chris Malpe. And Bears fans, as always, do us a favor and stay safe and bear down. We'll see you in the next one. Peace out.